and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Welcome to Spoofs, Goofs, and Novelty Songs, a podcast about dumb shit. Welcome to Spoofs, Goofs, and Novelty Songs, a podcast about dumb shit, and I'm your main host, Scott. <laughs> um, I'm the second main host, Marty. And I'm your third main host, <laughs> Kelly. And I'm first co-host, Scott. <laughs> and I will be your third co-host, Marty. I'm just still the main host, Kelly. Fuck you guys. Uh, this is a podcast where we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about spoof movies, mm-hmm. novelty songs from... A wide swath of history, and um, mostly now, the 1700s. <laughs> specifically, yeah, mostly caveman times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, there were wait, serious the songs and funny songs. The 1700s were caveman times. Yeah, weird, weird Gronk was right. always making spoofs. Well, Gronk's on the Patriots right now. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. <laughs> wow, it's really okay. So, it's is there a man named Gronk who plays for the New England Patriots? Rob, well, that's his nickname. His name is Rob Gronkowski. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. At one this point, Encino Man situation. At one point, in Gronk time, Johnson. Yeah. Gronk the caveman married a Polish person. Gotcha. And now their last name's Gronkowski. Wow. Nice. What? <laughs> wow. Are you offended? Yeah, I am as a Polish <laughs> person. Uh, we're also going to talk about novelty products, which. I don't want to say this right now, just so you guys know for later. We're going to try to avoid food novelty products. So we're going to, like, review. We just want to, what we want to do with this podcast is, like, just dive into all sorts of campy bullshit. Now, I have a guess, but why are we avoiding, because choo-choo-choo? Can I guess first? (laughs) Kelly? Hold on, wait. My guess is choo-choo-choo. I will take the guesses in order of Kelly, then Scott. Kelly? My guess is that you can go into Spencer's Gifts and everything is a penis, and you can just buy any of those, and those are that's novelty. Yeah, things. and it's a cop out. I'm mm. also gonna try to avoid that stuff, but but it, it is mostly the choo choo choo. So it's it's that plus like I just feel like we can we can drink a bacon soda. Who wants to fucking do that though? Like it sounds miserable. I'd rather just like talk about like dumb shit that people have made. Or well, isn't part of the fun things. us um, being a little miserable? Yeah, I, eating well, yucky stuff for the audiences. We're gonna delight. do. We're going to do food products. I'm just right. saying, like, it's just not going to be, like, a food item every week. Is we'll, just, saying. we'll just have to get through the acne line of whoopee cushions first, and then we'll go to the food Correct. products. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. Uh, so, in general, we are going to review a movie every week, a spoof movie or a campy movie of some kind every week, and then a novelty song. And then I've got a little surprise every time, which will be the novelty item that Scott and Kelly do not know what it is. They won't know until I show it to them. I, God, that's I have, exciting. I have an <laughs> so idea stay tuned. what it is. I bet it's cheap. <laughs> I also have a suspicion that it is cheap. Mm, I think it's a bar of gold. <laughs> okay. We'll see what happens. We will find out later. Uh, so, Marty, yes. do tell us, what is the first movie we will so this discuss? Week, we are discussing... Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. So if you haven't seen it, pause. Go okay, watch the movie. Go. It'll take an hour and a half. We're going to play the trailer right here. I'm kidding. I don't think we're going to play the yeah, trailer. Yeah, baby. Uh, okay. So for those of you who don't know what Austin Powers is, Austin Danger Powers was Well, born. it's a movie, right? So they have these things where it's you go and you oh, sit. Oh. <laughs> 
Have you ever seen a picture? Yeah, imagine okay. it's imagine moving. It's, it has motion. You've heard yeah. of Thomas Edison, right? <laughs> Thomas Edison, he invented an ability, a way to capture uh, moving images onto cellophane. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually... Celluloid. Oh, sorry, Dear celluloid. Uh, eventually that turned into the Avengers. Boring bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when he was doing it, when he was filming, like, woman twirling, he yeah. was like, someday... This is going to be the Avengers. Someday I'll be an Iron Man. Someday they're going to put uh, uh, a colorful green man on a can of Pepsi and people will go. Well, how did you know what product I brought? (laughs) But you said no foods or drinks. Or wait, did you say no drinks? I don't remember. You said baking Mm -hmm. soda's bad. Why would we drink baking soda? (laughs) It's Hulk-themed baking soda, though. Is this the baking soda challenge where you try to swallow a tablespoon of baking soda? What would happen if you did that? Uh, the only one way to find out. It would be Let's bland. See. We'll be right back. Fire up the yeah. webcam. Yeah. Okay. Austin Powers. Austin Danger Powers was born in 1941 in England to Nigel and Mrs. Powers, the second child to the couple after his brother, Doug Powers. At a young this age. This is spoiler heavy, I gotta say. This is. Yeah. No, 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 I didn't uh, say. We didn't say spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, yes. And if I was not. If I was someone who had not seen the trilogy, I would be pissed off. At a young age, Austin seemingly lost his mother and brother during an assassination attempt on Austin's father, who was a spy for the British government. Okay, but this is all <laughs> revealed in the third Austin Powers, which we're. Yeah, you're mostly talking today. about Goldmember. Yeah. And you're just. This is a pod. This is a pod. We, we're going where's the, the discussion? If you're just, <laughs> if you're just, well, this is like a clinical fucking breakdown of the timeline of Austin. You're st- <laughs> this is before the first movie even starts. <laughs> even better, dude. This podcast, we should rename it WikiLeaks, and it should just be Marty reading. Did you think when we start talking about the first Austin Powers, people are going to be like, "But when was he born? Where's Uncle Ben?" <laughs> What happened to Uncle Ben? Does he have an older brother or not? Why is Aunt May single? I'm so confused. Not much else is known about Power's life at this time. You're still going! (laughs) Likely due to his eventual job. Okay. Okay, actually, I want to unpack that. Okay. So we don't know where he went to college. We don't know where he went to high school because... That is classified because <laughs> I have to assume it's classified. I read all of that. that is all from uh, the Austin Powers Wikia, uh-huh. <laughs> where wow. I got all that information. <laughs> where they list his father, but his mother is just Mrs. Powers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was fun for me. Anyway, Austin Powers. Oh, is that now we're free balling? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so why do we pick Austin Powers? Right, obviously it's like the defining. I would say the defining spoof movie of our childhoods, right? We're all, you know, we're three, what? 30-something. Uh, 30-something? Where's that from? You're in the late 20s. Somebody's touching something. I'm not moving. Well, weird. Okay. Uh, late 20s, early 30s, and, like, Austin Powers was, like, it brought about this whole... <laughs> Oh my god, guys. Was that you before? What? Are you just going. <laughs> Are you? That came from upstairs. Oh, okay. Oh, that's probably the cats. Yeah. Maybe they're spoofing us. Yeah. No, but I have. I just. My nose is like all clogged up. Oh. Gotcha. I okay, thought you were continue. doing the thing where you like make a fart noise and then like cover your mouth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> misbehaving in class. <laughs> 
Oh, the teacher's talking about Austin Bowers again. Throwing I got pencils at the ceiling over here. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, oh so, Austin, okay. Austin Powers. Sorry. Quintessential. Quintessential spoof movie of the mid-90s. It, like, branched off all those spoof movies that came after it. Scary movie, all that all that stuff. Very much wouldn't exist that Austin Powers now, being such scary a Scary movie came after Austin Powers. Yes. Huh. <laughs> Fun fact. Because I was going to say that was the quintessential goof movie, but nay. No, I mean, Scream came out at the same time as Austin Powers, so, like, Scream. same year. So we would have been in elementary elementary school sure. when yes. Austin Powers. And I remember hearing about it and, mm-hmm. you know, being like, I want to see that. Yeah. I do too. It was like a big. Th- it was. It felt like the teenager. All the older kids are yeah. like, "This is so so funny." My brothers. That yeah. was like all they watched or talked about and made references to and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Everybody was talking about, "Do I make you Randy?" Oh behave. Oh I'm in a nutshell. <laughs> call me Randy, baby. Great as quotes. Marty says. Yes, call me Randy, baby. Uh, actually, the fun fact about the first one. The first one was not that big of a hit. It made like. It doubled its its budget, so it like was a success, but only made Wait, like sixty million dollars. Refresh. It wasn't that big of a hit until this, DVDs. Correct. It was like it a was huge one of like DVD the biggest sale. seller. Like because it's just DVDs so goddamn go. rewatchable. Yeah, I've you can watch it sixteen times. I, mean, I don't know. It was also like 16. when DVDs were really peaking too, like or starting because you want to pause it during the a lot of vagina <laughs> part. Oh man! When you're in sixth grade. I'm sorry, it's a lot of vagina. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was see. Oh, that's very funny because this whole time I thought it was a lot of, of vagina. <laughs> no, Scott, that's what the movie would like you to think. Oh, that's why it's a spoof movie. They got me. So Austin Powers, uh, we can say in retrospect, though, uh, well, especially with the as the trilogy goes, increasingly not good. Yeah, the movies get much worse, but they also became much more popular. Also, the second and third ones, they were like huge fucking hits, like yeah. three hundred million. They had Beyonce a lot more topical references. Yeah. yeah, Beyonce being in it was like almost a is amazing. Is yeah, as Foxy Cleopatra. Yes, yeah. amazing as in what a performance. <laughs> like Oscar contender. Not amazing like that she would stoop to do that, but amazing as in she fucking killed it, baby. It was like her first big acting role, I think, at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. yeah. And then she was in the Pink Panther. <laughs> Two or one. Boy. Don't remember. Ah. Never saw. But future episode as a future episode and ties in to tonight's musical feature. Whoa, we're getting there already. How will we find out? Just sit tight. Yeah, yeah you gotta stay wait for tuned. That. We have a scrub, lot more to unpack. Scrub forward. Mm-hmm. Scrub. Scrub forward to the good part. Yeah, to the good part. So That's what it shows up as on your timeline. Awesome powers. Obviously, a spoof of Bond. It's also a spoof of like. All of that, like, kind of 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s British uh, swinger guy culture. The British invasion. Correct. Dear boy. Beatles, so it, more. Mm-hmm. In Mike Myers' own words, it was a tribute to his father, who introduced him to James Bond, Peter Sellers, the Beatles, the Goodies, Peter Cook, and Dudley Moore. Uh, that's what... Austin, but do you guys know why, when it was actually created, the character of Austin Powers? The 60s. No. <laughs> Well, he was born in night. Let me go back. Oh, yeah. Didn't you listen? No. Dude, we got to repeat it, Kelly. Fucking listen up, man. He was born in 1941. When Mike Myers created him. When, Kelly? Tell us when. He created him for the the band. Shit, do I have this in my notes? I hope so. Oh, my God. Don't. He's got notes. Don't tease it if you don't fucking got it, Kelly. Here's what I'll tell you. Here's my little fun fact. Ming T was the name of the band. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> What's your worth fun waiting? fact? Here's my fun fact, and most people don't pick up on this because you gotta be, you gotta be a little. This is a little inside baseball in the yes. comedy world. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's a show Saturday Night Live. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Repeat that again. <laughs> it's a show on Saturday. Usually, television shows not on Saturday. Yeah, they usually shut her down because people got to go on picnics and <laughs> hikes and go to the bar. Uh, a little show called Saturday Night Live, ran by uh, a fellow by the name of Lorne Michaels. Okay. Now, here's the thing. This Lorne Michaels guy, he's got a real specific way of talking. What does he talk like? He talks like Dr. Evil, baby. Dr. Who now? From the movie? Yeah. What I'm saying is, Mike Myers was on this show. Doing what, though? Because he's like a thespian I actor, think, right? Yeah. You could take That's what he was doing on the show. He was acting? Yeah. Oh, my God. You take it a step further. Hmm. Dana Carvey was also on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Who's he, that? He's, he's another featured actor. He made a reoccurring appearances on Saturday Night Live. Was he in Austin Powers International Man Mystery? No. Oh, well, I But he was doing impressions of Lorne Michaels, and Dana Carvey feels like Mike Myers stole, stole his impression of Lorne. Oh. Hmm. You guys didn't hear that? Come on, can you guys steal research? This is like common knowledge. I think you can steal like a character, but how can aren't you just also doing an impression? He did like the pinky thing, I believe, was like the big takeaway. Because like every like every SNL cast member does a Lorne Michaels, and they all sound the same, right? But there's also like a lot of times when you're doing an impression, it helps just to watch someone else do the impression, and then Mm -hmm. you can just copy that. And that's like kind of what Dana is like. Like, they were close, and Dana, like, literally was upset with Mike Myers' take. Maybe he's just salty because the fucking Master of Disguise flopped, okay? I'm Maybe. saying it right now. Turtle, turtle, sure. turtle. I honestly, after reading about Mike Myers, thinks he, I don't think he sounds like a fun person to work with. Mm. <laughs> Kelly right, is showing you? his colors. I'm just saying. Right. Have you guys, like, seriously, how much research did you do? I did a lot of research. All right, we're switching gears. It's a Myers hate cast. The <laughs> love guru is fucking racist. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have to talk about that stuff. Uh, or do we? Mm? So, Kelly, you're saying Mike Myers, not a fr- friendly guy. I'm saying from everything I've read, there's a lot of people that worked with him that were like, nah, I don't want to work with him again. It's like, like I got the sense freak. that he's like, yeah, he's like a control freak and a bit of a workaholic. Like, he yeah. just really likes putting himself into the work. Like, Dana Carvey almost walked away from Wayne's World 1 because they were writing the script together. Right. And then he showed up on set, I think, and all of his lines were, like, gone. <laughs> like, and if you watch Wayne's World 1... Dana Carvey doesn't have a lot of lines hmm. in the first one. I mean, it is Wayne's World, after all. Yeah. It's not, it's not Garth's hey, World. It's, yeah, write still, your own movie, Garth's Carvey. Still a great character. It's a Carvey hate cast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd like Nagada. to work with Dana Carvey. Nagada. But, Mike Myers? Yeah, no, I believe you. I mean, I don't know the guy personally, so I can't say anything like this. Mike Myers, if you're out there, hey. Don't I sue lo- us. I'd love to meet I, you. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's, he's burning a lot of bridges. Oh. Speaking of burning bridges... Jesus Christ! All right. Uh, So that's uh, perhaps why we don't see well hanging around too much. Yeah. Well, that he the last movie he made, I think, was he was in Glorious Bastards for a second. Yeah. He was in in that because he wanted to work with Tarantino. He did the Gong Show. That was like his last big thing. Oh yeah, on ABC, and it got renewed for a second. Maybe he's resting on his big old laurels. Yeah, I would imagine chilling. He, he's got a family now. He made a lot of money. He wrote these movies. Pr- was a producer on it, so his back end was probably like insane. Maybe I he's afraid of the bad press. It's probably a yeah. combination From, um, of Halloween. Yeah, from, yeah. 
It's probably a combination of him uh, having a family now and like. Yeah. Uh, also, his last couple of movies have flopped, so there's yeah. less interest from the production companies. But like every year, there's always like, uh, is Austin Powers four coming? Like, think piece an article, oh, God, and then that please, goes around no. the internet for Are a couple we of weeks. Yeah, I think Goldmember proved that it was just like a dead concept. Like you can only like. The first one is, I think, a good spoof of the Bond movies, but stretching it beyond that, it, that's why it became so, like, it had to become more relevant with what it was making fun of and stuff, and they had to make all these dated, now, references and stuff, and it just grew to be, like, this really, like, yeah, which wasn't was, what the thing was anymore at that point. I feel like there's a lot of jokes all throughout that, like, hail the 90s as, like, the pinnacle of the, the future. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> okay. The movie in general, like, to get to the thing that it's, like, pointed towards, too, it's, like, very clearly a spoof pointed at the misogyny in the Bond movies. Like, that is, his entire arc is about how he treats women, like, basically, right? And just how, like, dumb every, like, we were so stupid in the 60s. But now, in the 90s, we're all, we got it, yeah, we got it, baby. to an extent, but it's it's mostly based on the sex thing, though. Because, like, even, like, the, like, him being, like, unaware of the time he's in, that, they only do that with, like, women and teeth. That's the only two things that they really, like, drive home that, like... He does the Nike pumps and it explodes. He doesn't know the technology. He also, yeah, he watches the moon landing. We have the internet now. It's the night. We have CDs. Yeah, that's true. It is weird. How, like, how is the 60s man going to figure out the CD player? Okay. They do that montage. Funny. I agree. I agree. I agree. They do the montage. They do like the whole time capsule within a time capsule. Well, now yeah. it feels like a time capsule within a time capsule. It feels like a time capsule within a nutshell. <laughs> this is me sure. trapped in a nutshell. Help. I'm trapped is that in an a Austin? Nutshell. Am I even doing the right one? Is that an Austin Powers one? It isn't. Uh, it's when they're on the plane. He, he goes like, this would be me in a nutshell. Help. I'm in a nutshell. I thought it was when they were like in bed together. Like, yeah, this is this a little pillow talk. Yeah, because like every scene with the two of them, isn't it in a, weird? Near a bed. <laughs> isn't it weird that in Wayne's like World, there's also just Mike Myers being post sex funny Mike Myers scene in both movies. Yeah, he writes mm. a lot. He writes these he, movies. He writes what he knows. <laughs> he, and boy, clearly, yeah. he knows he post sex. <laughs> and he's like, ladies, if you get with the the Mike doggy, first of all, I will ravish you in bed, and then I'll make funny jokes afterwards, <laughs> and we'll yeah. laugh. Yeah. Camera one, camera two. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so funny. <laughs> Help me. Yeah. Over. Oh, let's, over Dana again. Carvey should not have any lines because we got to make room for the camera one, I camera need two. the pillow talk. Yeah. I need it. See, I haven't seen Wayne's World, so I have no idea what you're talking about oh, right what now. What the hell? That could work, doesn't it? I mean, the second one's like a spoof. I've only seen spoof, spoof movies, moment. so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sad life. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um,. Ming What's T. left of do we Are we done? <laughs> no. I want to talk about, he cre- He didn't create the character to be in a movie. He created it for a band. He was in a band after Saturday Night Live. Oh. The band was called Ming T. And is that who you see during the credits? I think so. That's Austin who's saying, Powers okay, since we already, the man. Yeah, since we've already talked about fucking Austin Powers 3, thanks Marty, for <laughs> leading into Austin Powers 1. With literally the first like scenes in Austin yeah. Powers, hang on. Movie. I was doing a bit where I was reading the biography of a character as if he was a real person. That was the joke there, guys. I didn't catch that. Oh. Over my well, now that you've brain. explained it, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you guys are like roasting me about this. I didn't do anything I'm wrong. I'm just mad because we sh- you got to save that for Austin for, no. Powers we're three. all doing something wrong Gold right now. <laughs> uh, now that you can't argue with. They saying Daddy wasn't there. Oh. So. Oh, I thought that because in the credits he does a song. I don't remember the song, but in the credits of one, I thought he does a song. No, that's one by Metallica. I don't know. 
He, he, I think there's, like, on the soundtrack, I bet there's songs by Ming-Ti. Yeah. If you look up Ming-Ti online, it's so hard to find any, like, pre-Austin Powers footage of them. Mm-hmm. Austin Powers, the movie footage of them, because it was the early, mid-90s. So you're saying this was some kind of weird Ponzi scheme where he created a movie franchise no. to launch this band? <laughs> I'm saying he was having a good time in a band pretending to be this fucking spy slash sex person from the 60s. Sex, sex person. person. <laughs> yes, he's a Austin sex Powers, person. sex person. That was a working title. <laughs> Isn't it weird that... International sex of mystery. Okay, here's... I'm gonna go out on a bit of a limb here. Uh, the band was called Ming-T. Yes. Because in the... 60s with the British invasion, like those guys were kind of um, had like a fantasy version of um, like Asia. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a little bit of appropriation going on. Yeah, right. And so now in the 90s, we're appropriating the American, the Austin Powers is Americans appropriating the British, appropriating uh, Asian stuff. Well, Canadians. Canadians appropriate, yeah. 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 It's complicated. Ultimately, what I'm saying is Canadians are the worst offenders. <laughs> are the worst Whoa. offenders. Whoa, Scott. Uh, yeah, because uh, they're stealing our culture, clearly baby. Clearly that's a thing Austin, like, uh, he's kind of into because of, like, Love Guru, there's, like, that going on there. Also, like, Fook Me and Fook You at the beginning of the second one. Marty, don't be rude. <laughs> Sorry, fuck you and fuck me. <laughs> So they got the name Ming-Ti from a very obscure 1960s Italian movie starring Ursula Andress. Sure they did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This article needs additional citations. So you Love guys it. are probably Thank right. you. You guys want to hear the names of the people in the band? Like yes. The, so Mike Myers is Austin Powers. Susanna Hoffs as Gillian Shagwell. Uh, Matthew Sweet. Matthew Sweet. Wait, isn't that the guy from... A big, he was he had that one band that sang Rock This Town or something. I know oh, the Stray Cats? Yeah, wasn't he in that? I don't know. Uh, he's Sid Belvedere. Ugh, God, these names are Stuart terrible. Stuart Johnson as Manny Sticks, man. Guess what he played? <laughs> <laughs> the bass. <laughs> Christopher Ward as Trevor Eggberth. The names just got worse uh-huh. as you go down the list. They should have... I mean, Austin Powers, I guess, isn't I think Shagwell makes it into... I think Shagwell's somebody in the movie. Yeah. I don't remember who. In the second movie, they probably do another pun bit. Because that's what the series devolved into, was just recycling jokes from the past movie. Yeah, basically, yeah. Shagwell, Shagadelic. We'll save that. We'll save that conversation for when we do two and three on episode RuPaul's Shag Race. Yeah, we're never doing... No, 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 no. Those don't get... Those terrible movies don't get their own special episode. We'll make them episode poop and fart. What? <laughs> are those numbers? Yeah. God fucking damn it. Now they are. That's bad. Uh, so thank what, you. I want to ask you guys, what was your guys' favorite goofs from the movie? I already said mine. I mean, I had a whole Which list of Which one was it? In a nutshell. Oh. When he pretends to That's be That's still nutshell. your favorite goof from the movie? It's the one I referenced the most. <laughs> That's fair. I also got to bring up uh, Soup Nazis, and he's the card dealer. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the other thing I reference the most is the long pee because it's such a relatable bit. Because when you wake up after a long slumber and your bladder has stored so much pee pee in it that it like has expanded, and so the like the like the pressure it can give is not as like strong. So then you just do a long, very dribbly yeah pee. Start stopping. We all know. We yeah. all know. We've all been there. So what I was gonna say about the. The cameos. There's so many cameos in this movie. In general, the franchise is just like that's like what seems to be half of the movies are just like building up to a big cameo. Is joke. the Burt Bacharach cameo in this one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He like supposedly this was the whole character and everything was very inspired by Burt Bacharach. Like his dad was like a huge fan of Burt yeah. Bacharach and that like inspired and his dad had just died recently when he like launched writing the movie and so the Burt Bacharach thing is like I don't know if that even counts as a cameo because it feels so entrenched in like well, the style of the movie. Yeah, and then I, I just read about how Burt Bacharach got offered like he was asked by Myers, "Hey, would you be in this movie? You're going to be on top of a double decker bus, and we're yeah. going to be driving through Vegas." Yeah. And Burt just said, "You don't say no to something like that." Yeah. So he was just all in on it. It like weirdly is the thing. Wait, I they think. got a bus in Vegas? I gotta do this. <laughs> yeah. This never happens. Double decker, my guy. I feel like that. That whole sequence is, like, the thing that makes this movie not a shitty, just regular spoof movie. Like, it adds, like, this little bit of class to the movie that just makes it, like... <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, but it adds, like, a... It's li- not just it a does. It's a romance. I you take a date what? to Austin Powers it's, to it's fucking, fucking get Bert the vibe Bacharach. going. You know, it's yeah. not, like, Slipknot is playing in the I background. I get so fucking mad. Class. Yeah, right. I get so, <laughs> I get so fucking pissed. When I'm scrolling through Netflix and I see Austin Powers in comedy, and I'm like, Dumb. yeah, it's a fucking it's rom- a romantic <laughs> comedy. You know what? When Harry met Sally, you know what? Five hundred days of summer. You know what? Austin Powers, feminist icon. Well, you, leave it for you to decide. Leave it for you to decide. Because as we know, every male lead in a rom com is a <laughs> feminist, feminist icon. icon. Thank you, Marty. Yes, That's exactly. a very good point you've made. Uh, I was gonna say my favorite quotes from the movie, quick. Uh, it's my happening baby and it freaks me out. This is when he enters the party at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really funny. And then I also like to live dangerously, which was as a long yeah. favorite line. Of that's line. my that's probably my favorite game. And he bets he just stays, he stays on, at four. He's playing blackjack, blackjack and he stays on four and does three. He, is this one where he does allow myself to introduce myself? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, pretty yeah. good. That whole, that whole chunk is really great. Um I like random task. As a spoof <laughs> As a set yeah, that is very funny. That man. one's good. Okay. That's we'll the thing. Every that. other we'll joke. Okay, here's the, here's why I find watching Austin Powers enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's because every other joke is like genuinely funny, and I'm laughing at what they intended mm-hmm. for me to laugh at. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of the jokes are like, it's funny that they thought this would be yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I end up laughing at a I lot mean, of that shit too, just because like the fook me fook you because it's, it's like, like it's so bad. It's like okay, it's funny again now yeah. because it's like so insane that they yeah. thought this was a good joke. Yeah, yeah. when. They're in the, when he's in the hot tub with Alada, and she says, how dare you pass gas before me? And he says, I'm sorry, baby, I didn't know it was your turn. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking got me. Yeah. But then, like, the it's rest, like insane they, like, thing. kept going. Like, he did a limerick or some yeah, shit, yeah. and I was like, what is He this? said... Do you remember oh, no. the whole thing? Oh, no. Ooh. No, Ooh. I'm thinking of a different one. Oh. Uh, I was also going to say, when Basil introduces himself, like, every single time he's in the movie, he goes to Basil Expeditions as if he's, like, completely forgotten who he is every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Yeah, the odd job thing. So, that's probably the best, like, Bond-related specific joke in the movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about that guy who played uh, Random Task at no. all? 
he is in jail currently. For I knew it was going to be something yeah. fucked yeah. up. I knew for, it was going to be something uh, bad. Like counts of rape and then murder. He like killed a bunch goof. of people in jail. What did he do? Throw so. his hat at him? <laughs> Shoot. Wait, are we talking <laughs> about Odd Job or the person who played Random Task? Random Task. Random Task. Yeah. That's, that's Odd Job yeah. donated to charity, saved a burning orphanage, <laughs> and delivered seven babies. Oh, so he was just going all in on the joke Random Task was. He was like, well, He's this like, guy I is yeah. super nice. I gotta do the opposite. Right. Yeah. Oh my god, that got wow. Really yeah, good. or he did Glad three random tasks, and just by the roll of the dice, it was raping, murdering, pillaging, and stealing. Yeah, uh, of course. We call it pillaging well, on this on this podcast. Mm-hmm, this podcast takes place in fifteen ninety. Mm. I said it take place. Take place. I was gonna let you. I was like, you have it. Edit it. Like, Scott, I'm really nice. I'm nice. not gonna make fun of you for goofing like that, even That's though okay. that is the theme of the podcast. Yeah. Is so, discussing goofs. So, yeah. so good job, me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. So that's our general recap on Austin Powers. I think we have to do two things. We have to rate the movie as a movie, mm-hmm. and I think we have to rate the movie as a spoof as a spoofy, movie. yeah, as a spoof Oof. movie. So Kelly, no, I'm not going first. <laughs> Fuck you. you Ever wants first. to go first? I'll go first. What's it out of? Out of ten, we're gonna go with out of classic 10. scale as a movie. Four. Four out of ten? Not a good movie. You don't think it's a good movie? Not a good movie, no. Wow. It's I am hard. shocked by this. It's hard for me, like, because it's like, it, to me, it's one of those Saturday Night Live movies. Even though he wasn't still on SNL after. I just think comedy movies, get you get a little leeway for being funny, though. If the movie's funny, that's yeah. what the goal is of it. Well, yeah, that's why I didn't give it a two. I don't know. They're still like... <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, having the two ratings is... Because, well, you haven't heard... Yeah, Allow okay, me okay, okay. to say it. Right. And as a spoof movie, 7.5. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I would give it. Isn't like, that what we're going to do for all of these? Aren't we going to say, like, yeah, the naked gun is as good as the fucking Godfather? Like, what are you <laughs> no, talking about? No, why no, would no, we no, rate no, it as not. a movie? Naked gun's pretty good. Because it's a different thing, though. The That's close. I mean, the Godfather's <laughs> trying to. <laughs> <laughs> the Godfather's trying to do a thing that's really specific and it does it really well. But what I don't know, Austin Powers mostly Rated succeeds. as a movie. I give Austin Powers a nine. It should be on the AFI top one hundred. I mean I would argue that, but that's fine. Okay. I'm sticking with my four okay, and seven point five. That's fine. Six out of ten. Okay. As a movie. Okay. And then as a spoof. I do I feel like five out of ten as a spoof for me. What? Because, like, I don't know, maybe I just didn't get a lot of the... There there wasn't enough references, if anything. I do think the movie... Okay, so... And Kelly is a reference hound. Let's I get love, that straight. Dude, I go to the library and I say, where are the encyclopedias? <laughs> <laughs> You're always scrolling to the bottom of Wikipedias. Yeah. <laughs> I need to read those citations. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, I will say, the movie is, like, structured really poorly. Like, it is just, like, a series of sketches. And, like, the way it's all connected is, like, very weak. It's just, like... Dr. Evil comes back to do not like he doesn't even have a plan. He just comes back to fuck with Austin Powers, and Austin Powers is only brought back because Dr. Evil's brought back. He doesn't even have an evil plan when he's brought back. The whole thing is very like convoluted and just like He escapes to the future. I suppose. But even then it's not like he had like a con he just shows up and he's like, I guess we'll nuke everybody. Yep. Yeah. It is it's just this well, it's just to nuke yeah. everybody either way. Like even if they I was about yeah. to argue. No, Martin. Yeah. How dare you? No, this movie makes sense, okay? No, it's like, I, I totally understand the movie's this not movie. This movie is airtight. It's not perfect. No, but it is funny. Do you guys, okay, I was frustrated by, like, they hid Mike Myers' face for, like, the whole first two scenes. And then when it was scenes. Mike Myers, I was like, <gasps> no, I, I was like, like that. why? They didn't reveal it 
like that it wasn't that interesting the reveal was not that so big. it wasn't a big moment that's like i think that's like a bond thing though because that is like a thing they do with the where bond movies, the where they keep it no where they keep yeah they keep dr evil hidden because like um dr evil is based on oh my god i'm blanking on the guy's name he was in Blofeld. He's based specifically on Blofeld. Okay. Uh, and Blofeld is like, yeah, like always, you only see like his hand or you only see him like petting his cat. And then sure. Like, yeah. All right. I mean, I'm not a Bond guy. They have those fucking, they had those marathons on Spike TV all the time. And I was, I was like, I tried to watch them. So boring. Yeah, only a couple of those are good. So anyway. boring. Oh, of the Bonds. Yeah, yeah the, a very Bond Christmas. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So boring. Give me any other Christmas. 7 out of 10. It's a decent movie. It's a good comedy flick. Mm-hmm. New Line Cinema really knocks this one out of the park. 10 out of 10 is a spoof. 10 out of 10. Oh it is a rock solid. It it's What it's making fun of is both done well on a surface level. And I think like the misogyny stuff that it's like mocking specifically. Is By done, doing? It's, but it's like the point is that they're constantly like telling the character that he's wrong. I think they do a really good job at that I think movie. it's funny when he's, he's too like, horny. When he, yeah, he's too horny. <laughs> Sorry, Randy? There's like... Well, he says both. In the, the one, in the first scene where he gets Vanessa on the bed and he's like doing the, I keep falling down, I'm falling yeah. down again, on top of her. Like, mm-hmm. clearly sexual harassment. Yeah, no, he's but like a monster. I'm not arguing that. He's like, it's not right, you're drunk. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't get this, dude. You're fucking... Yeah. The 60s are weird, yeah. I guess is what it I'm It was a crazy say. decade. Okay, <laughs> Martin here. I'm packing a can of worms here, but yes, I would agree that the 1960s turbulent. What do you feel about the, 19, how about the 1990s though? 1990s were sort smooth. of like a utopia almost. Yeah, honestly, we nailed it. Kelly, we, we had Clinton has gone on the record as saying that uh, the society peaked in 2009. It did. <laughs> Why? Well, it was affected by the residual 1990s for nine years, and mm-hmm. then the, resi- the residue of the 90s faded away. Hang on. Why, why 2009 specifically, though? I don't know. It was just a good year for me. We're 19. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, yeah. Who wouldn't want to be 19 again? I'm not judging you Did for you whatever really you like... think your best year of your life was. I hope. <laughs> I hope I haven't had it yet. I don't know, man. It's getting, you're getting old. Ugh, that I'm kind of happy I claimed the peak at 2009. Oh, <laughs> That's so sad. Austin Powers. <laughs> for me or you? For, for me. Okay. <laughs> In the sorry. 90s. Shit on me. I'm not shitting on you. Yeah, but fuck you. Go ahead. <laughs> Isn't it truly funny? That the 60s man can't figure out what's going on in the 90s times. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. He sees a car and he's like, whoa, 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 what's that? <laughs> he sees a building, he's like, oh, it's t- too big. Even, a plastic bag floats towards yeah. him. Even more crazy, he's from fucking England, dude. Oh man. So like, yeah, you man. have to drive on the <laughs> yeah. right side of the road in Did they America. Do that no, they didn't do anything. I think they do. He should have gotten to a head-on collision in minute no, wait, minute fifteen one, of the movie. Isn't the second one he goes back in time again? And then he also uh, third one he goes back in time. No, again. the second one they both of them. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the second one he goes back in time and can't acclimate to being in the past. <laughs> where are all the CD players? I, <laughs> he's so on up on CDs. He's so confused by. Where his. are my Nike pumps, darling? <laughs> he just references. Like, did we land on the moon? Yet? I can't remember if I'm in a nutshell. Wait, is the Berlin Wall still up? That's <laughs> all references to the first movie. I want to go on iTunes. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for our little Austin Powers chat. Scotty, do you have a song to play us? I do. 
Uh, today's song is Baby Elephant Walk by Henry Mancini. Pause for notes. <laughs> Let me bust this open. Okay. What the world needs now is songs, sweet songs, they're only novelty, cause that's all we could think of. And that will not be the theme. <laughs> uh, I'm going to totally put that in there. So, uh, Henry Mancini uh, was a composer from, get this, early 60s into the 70s. Oh. Uh, maybe before that, too. Uh, was he called Hank at all? Uh, yeah, I'd have to do, you know, Marty, as in-depth as I went on the research, I did not find that out. Okay. I didn't find out if it was Henry Hank Mancini. Okay. But he Thank wrote a little you. tune called Baby Elephant Walk. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's quite recognizable. Uh, we'll play a little segment for you now to show you the the, the melody. And, I, and I'm sure most listeners will have heard it at some point. Mm. So here we go uh, with a little taste of Baby Elephant Walk. I don't know how we're actually going to come that's, back in for real. That's one of those songs that it just gets stuck in your head. And it really brings uh, new meaning to the, hey, walk that bass, my friend. Wow. So we just played a, a little segment of uh, Baby Elephant Walk. You can hear the main melody. And that's pretty much the whole song is just different instruments repeating that uh, that little scampering cantankerous. Oh, there's a little hint of mischief. Cantankerous? Mm -hmm. Is it a grumpy old man? (laughs) I'm going off of word feel, not meaning. Okay, thank you. Good. Uh, But yeah, so that song uh, was composed for the film Hatari, with an exclamation point. Okay. And it's a movie from the 60s, and you know how in the 60s, like, they they could, some of the movies, they could just get away with, like, it was just attractive people doing things. Yeah. I love, by the way, love those movies. Mm -hmm, Like the beach party movies and shit. Mm -hmm. It's it's like a safari movie. Gotcha. So that song was uh, uh, written uh, for a scene where Elsa Martinelli, playing a character called Dallas, walks three little baby elephants to a watering hole. Sounds delightful. Did did did, did 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 the song conjure images bet, like that to your head? I bet that scene took like fifty minutes in the movie to complete. <laughs> like I, old movies suck. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Slow. I mean, that was when you could imagine if, like, in the Avengers, there's a scene where Iron Man just walks three baby elephants to a watering hole <laughs> for Honestly, like, and it takes like three minutes. It'd yeah. be a better movie because that like movie that. was not long enough. <laughs> The new one? Yeah, Endgame was not long enough for my taste. Yeah. I needed another hour. Four hours. Just, yeah. I, agree. I feel like I got ripped I off. I didn't see it, but I, I agree. Uh, so, Scotty, as a musician yourself, uh, wh- what's your opinion of this song? What's about the like the style of it or what they're trying to accomplish here? Marty? Great question. <laughs> You're, Scott, I pride myself on that. I can tell you thought of that one really a lot. <laughs> Have I? I just thought of that right now, actually. Yeah, that's my point. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> what's wow, my opinion of the song as a musician? Yeah, as a musician. That's a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I already said, it's got, it's, it sounds, the the it's way the notes are arranged, it's mischievous. Uh-huh. And I think he did a good job with that, because uh, song structure-wise, it, it's, it's, a, it's a little boogie. 
Yeah. Uh, How and, so? What does that mean exactly? Well, that means, yeah, I, I have a quote from the oh. uh, songwriter here. I love quotes. Here now is a quote from Henry Mancini. <clears throat> I looked at the scene several times and thought, yeah, they're walking eight to the bar. And that brought something to mind, an old Will Bradley boogie-woogie, a number called Down the Road a piece. Those little elephants were walking boogie-woogie, eight to the bar. I wrote Baby Elephant Walk as a result of that. Can we play the song that it was inspired by? <laughs> and now, a little taste of Down the Road a piece. We'll see what Mancini was talking about. Yeah, we're going to have to listen to that later. <laughs> or we can do it now. It's just no piano and a knockout bass. The drummer man's got it on eight feet back. Now you remember me talking to baby daddy's slack. Man is better than chicken fried and bacon grease. Come on with me, boys. Just down the road a piece. Oh, listener, a tragedy has occurred. <laughs> Thanks to Kelly's brilliant suggestion of playing Down the Road a piece, we lost the, the, the ending of this episode. And so here we are re-recording it. You just heard Down the Road a piece, which was the song Henry... We already talked about it. You heard it, and now we move on to a re-recording of our last segment. Marty, take it away. Guys, for this week's segment of... So, this is the first episode of this show. This is a show about spoofs, goofs, and novelty songs. We've done the spoof movie, we've done the novelty song, and now we're going to do goof products. I've brought two products for this special first episode. We've already done this, so it's not even yeah, a Marty's really, really stressing that it's, this is not the, we've seen these before. The surprise is ruined. In future episodes, look forward to us being surprised by the novelty products. Isn't that also, fun that we'll be surprised by it? synopsis of... Our reaction before it got deleted. What the fuck, Marty? These are bad products. So I bought... Uh, these are Mickey Mouse napkins. They're napkins with Mickey Mouse printed on them. And then I've got these paper straws that are unicorn-themed paper straws. They're uh, paper straws with a little plastic unicorn on them that helps you kind of set it in your drink. I'm going to pass them around to you guys to look at. Thank you! Thank you. Please take them. So, Marty, uh, let's frame this uh, segment in a question. That question is, what is a novelty product? What so, constitutes a novelty yeah, product? Yeah, define it for me. Pretty much, I think, novelty products are a George Foreman grill. That's one example, right? That's like a branding type thing where you took a product or somehow morphed something into other things based on something else, right? Like you took something and morphed it into other <laughs> things based on something else. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's obviously like the most famous things are like novelty foods, right? You've got like bacon soda, you've got like uh, whoopee cushion. These bacon are like soda. That's a very normal food. <laughs> Funny guy. Cheeseburger soda. Switch that around, you piece of shit. <laughs> That's a normal food. <laughs> uh, or like, like the that. little, the gummy hamburgers. That's yes. a novelty product. Yes, I would agree, yes. Ugh. So stuff that's got, like, it's some kind of, like, niche thing, right? Like, is um, the shaped macaroni and cheese, is that a novelty product? I actually think so, yes. Okay. SpongeBob macaroni and cheese, I would consider that a novelty product. As so the these napkins with the uh, rendering of one uh, Mickey Mouse... Yes. Mickey is Mouse. a novelty. Mickey was his father. Uh, product, uh, because <laughs> because normal napkins, you see, don't have a picture of Mickey Mouse on them. Yeah. For the stenographer. Huh. So now, what if it was a picture of a flower? Now, see, I don't think too generic. See, flowers, flowers are everywhere. So that's just like a regular napkin with a flower on it. Then. Uh huh. <laughs> 
It's because flower napkin normal. So Mickey the, Mouse the napkin. The core question I'm getting at: Does having Mickey Mouse on the napkin make it a worse or better product? Well, I'm looking at it, and he's smiling at me, and it makes <laughs> yeah. me happy. <laughs> well, that's good. Glad. That was the goal. But wait, is it practical? Does it function? Does it absorb as well as a normal napkin? Yeah, these I are the that's a good question. I think Kelly's hinting at, so in the Lost recording, which will be a bonus feature, by the way. <laughs> yeah, for, for our pitch. I, I spit into God. the napkin to uh, test its... Absorbency, and I won't do that again for the sake of the listener's ears, but I will tell you the napkin did not absorb my spit. Yeah, and the straw, I would say, it was actually not a very good straw. It caved in, huh? caved in really easily, and the plastic unicorn did not let you... Maybe you're sucking too hard, much like this podcast. (laughs) Well, what's frustrating to me is that it's a paper straw, but it's still just so wasteful. Why do you need a unicorn-themed straw? There's still plastic on it, so it's like a paper straw with plastic attached to it. It doesn't make any sense. So, well, you'll take you take the unicorn off, and you, and then what? What do you do with the unicorn? Melt it down. <laughs> yes, melt it down. Okay, continue. Into a cup. Oh. oh. <laughs> See, to me, these are examples of bad novelty products. I think. Oh, it was you. This was oh, your intention all along. You were teaching us a lesson. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, I can't you... wait for the good novelty product. <laughs> Why don't you just come out and say it, dude? You could have taught us a lesson in just by saying you're teaching us a lesson. Guys, I purposely sabotaged the recording so we could come back and have this lesson together. You deleted the files. <laughs> it was me all along. Oh, that sounds like I'm kind of upset about that if that was true. I know it's yeah. not. But... It's definitely not true, Kelly. No one believes that. You're a fool. I deleted the files and I'm a fool. Uh, I'm happy about that. That's fine. (laughs) That makes sense. Him admitting his own mistake. Paper straws. What's the deal? (laughs) Oh boy, yeah. That's actually what we lost was 20 minutes of us talking about paper straws. I am. Well, we won't do it this time. We're not going to do it again. That's going to do it for us this week, I think. Uh, Please join us next week when we're talking about Waiting Waiting for for Guffman. Guffman. And the week after that, Seven Days in Hell. And the week after that, to be determined. Walk hard? Sure. Sure. I think it's what I'm going to do next. All right. That is the usual. We give you four weeks uh, of a preview. Yeah. Well, so concludes the pilot episode of Spoofs, Goofs, and Novelty Podcasts. I'm Silly Boy Scott. I'm Maxi Boy Marty. I'm Kelly. (laughs) So much fun. All right. We love you. Bye.